Minute flares out to the right. Inside, blows it up, misses, rebound taken by Iguodala. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up the left, oh, blocked by James, LeBron James. Two, the base is loaded. Oh, oh my God, deep to right field, way up there, and way out of here. Second down, one ball, one episode of Take the Lead. It is me, John O'Halloran. If you guys want to follow my social media, my Instagram is John O'Halloran. My uh, Twitter bar is on a bar, John on a bar O'Halloran. If you guys want to keep up with Take the Lead on social media, is Take the Lead on both Instagram and Twitter. And uh, today's episode, I'm going to be talking about uh, the whole situation with Lamar Jackson. The Ravens might uh, be able to reach a contract. I'm going to be talking about uh, Alan Lazard missing uh, tomorrow's game. I'm talking about Chris Gardwin might be ready to play in all the sports things that happened in this uh, world of sports. Uh, this week. Um, so, anyways, let's uh, let's jump into this episode. First, we're gonna be talking about uh, the whole situation with the uh, Ravens and Lamar Jackson. Uh, Ravens, uh, no, a couple days ago, a contract uh, contract. An article came out earlier saying that uh, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens weren't even close to a contract uh, extension. Now it's been official. Uh, it was made official yesterday that him and the Ravens um, did not agree to a contract uh, agreement. Couldn't reach one. Uh, so, uh, Eric DeCosta, the uh, Raven general manager, said despite the best efforts on both sides, we're unable to reach to a contract extension with Lamar Jackson. Raven general manager uh, said in a statement, We gently appreciate how he has handled this process, and we are excited about our team with Lamar leading the way. We'll continue to work towards a long-term contract after the season, but for now we're looking forward to a successful 22 campaign. So he played his final uh, season contract for $23 million. He could become a free agent next season, but the Ravens could place a franchise tag on him, which would cost close to $45 million to Ben become a free agent, which I think they're going to do. Um, there's plenty of speculation regarding Jackson's status with the franchise entering the final year of his contract. The 25-year-old uh, indicated that he wants to remain a member of the Ravens while explaining that he felt worthy of an extension, which I think he deserves. Um, he always said he's not concerned about the risks of playing without a contract. He said it, it's a, it was a pretty, a pretty big risk last season the year before. Uh, he said Wednesday, according to Nowhere uh, Thursday of the Search Trader Press. He said, I wasn't thinking about the contract Norvigations around that time. Uh, this season, it's going to be the same thing. So he's seeking to bounce back from a 2020 campaign that uh, ended the season. Uh, don't do to, So he ended the season with a bone bruise in his ankle. He did earn the, uh, his second Pro Bowl now for throwing 2,882 yards, adding 767 yards on the ground for a total of 18 touchdowns. Uh, the Ravens uh, kick off the season against the Jets next year. Um, I definitely think he deserves a contract. Uh, I've always liked him. I liked him you know, since he's came into the league. Um, I think coming to this season, he's going to play some of the best football of his career. Uh, I'm, I'm not saying he's going to match his 2019 season when he won the MVP. But I could definitely see it being somewhat close to it. Um, I just, I just think he's gonna come home and play the best, fo- some of the best football. I mean, I'm not saying he's gonna match his 2019 season, like I said, but no, this is this is his season where he wants that contract. 
And I definitely you know, see him going out there and showing the Ravens the NFL that he deserves it, especially the Ravens don't give it to him. I mean, there's, there's teams out there that need a quarterback uh, coming into next season. Um I mean, the Falcons, could the Falcons go and get a, uh, could Falcons go and throw him the money? Could the Panthers, I mean, Teddy, I mean, could the uh, Panthers go and uh, give him a contract? Um, you know, Baker Mayfield's only playing one year in Carolina. And if it doesn't go good, they obviously don't see him bringing him back. Uh, I mean, at uh, Pittsburgh, I don't see Pittsburgh. Uh, could the Seahawks go out and throw him money? Uh, could the Texans go throw him money? Could the Saints go throw him money? Uh, could the Giants go and uh, throw him money? Um... I highly doubt the Titans would. Uh, could the Washington Commanders go throw him money? No, Carson Wentz. This is I mean, this is another quarterback who could be on his last uh, chance. Uh, no, if Carson Wentz doesn't play good, could the Washington Commanders go throw him money? Um, you know, could possibly the Colts go throw him money? I don't know how long Matt Ryan's going to be in Indianapolis for. Uh, I mean, the Eagles are really. I mean, I, I mean. Being an Eagles fan, I would really love for the Eagles to have uh, Lamar Jackson, but notice, uh, this is Jalen Hurts' team. I think it's Jalen Hurts' team. Uh, this is Jalen Hurts' team. I think this is uh, this is the future quarterback. Uh, for I think the Eagles uh, see Jalen Hurts as their future quarterback, but I would really love Lamar Jackson. Uh, could, I doubt the 49ers where they got Trey Lance. Um, you know, could Chicago do it if Justin Fields doesn't? No, Boston the quarterback they thought they would. I know this is only his second year, so I really can't jump on that one. Um, now it's gonna be interesting to see you know where this goes and who, if the Ravens are going to give him that contract, the Ravens are going to throw him that money. Uh, I think he's going to go out there. He's like I said. I mean, I don't think he's going to match the 2019 season. I just think he's going to go out there. He's going to play the best football, some of the best football, not the best football, some of the best football of his career. And I do see him leading the Ravens to the playoffs. I actually uh, went to this website where you can uh, do predictions and who thinks is going to win the divisions. And I'm going to read those to you right now. I might you know, raise a couple eyebrows here. Uh, let's pull this up. So I got the Bills. Obviously, the Bills winning there, winning the AFC East. I mean, it's a clear shot they're going to win, especially what they just did to the uh, defending Super Bowl champions on uh, Thursday. Absolutely blew them out of the water. Uh, I should talk about that game. Um, Bills won. Uh, I got the Bills going fourteen three. I got the Dolphins actually going ten seven. I got the Patriots going seven and ten. But uh, no Patriots. You can't sleep on them. No, a lot of team. A lot of people didn't have the Patriots doing good last year. They went uh, nine and eight. I got the Jets going four and thirteen. Uh, I think a team, digester team that a lot of people are sleeping on. I'm, I mean, I'm not saying they're going to obviously be a compete for the division, but uh, no, they made a lot of decent moves during the offseason. They, I thought they had a good draft to Bart Garrett Wilson and um, draft to Sarah Gardner. I, I think they're a team that you know a lot of people could be sleeping on. I also got the uh, Bengals winning the division at 13 to four, and I got the Ravens going 11 and six. I got the Steelers going eight and nine. I got the uh, Browns fans. You probably want to block your ears on this one. I got the Browns going one and sixteen, just due to the fact that the whole situation with um, Deshaun Watson means spending eleven games. Uh, so I think in in the uh, Ravens division, I think it's gonna be the Bengals Steelers fighting for the division. And uh, 
I got the Ravens going 11 and 6. I got the Colts winning their division going 13 and 4. I got the Titans going 8 and 9, which I was kind of debating and going back and forth to uh, put them over 500. And it just, you know, they still got a good defense. They still got a good coach, Mike Verbal, uh, Vab- uh, Vab- whatever the hell his name is. Um, they still got Derrick Henry. You know, is Derrick Henry going to bounce back and have a good season? Uh, the only thing that worries me about, about this is they really got no wide receivers. Um, you know, they got Traylon Burks, who they drafted. He might be the number. He's gonna be the number one for a while until Robert Woods comes back. And the biggest question mark here is Ryan Tannehill. No, is Ryan can Ryan Tannehill lead the team back into the playoffs? Um, no, they they did draft uh, Malik Willis um, or Williams Willis, whatever his name is. So that could be a huge uh, storyline in uh, Tennessee this year. I got the Texans going three and fourteen. Got the Jaguars going two and fifteen. Uh, this next division, um, I have all teams going over 500, which sounds crazy. Uh, I actually have the Chargers going in their division at 13-4. I got the uh, Chiefs going 12-5, the Broncos going 11-6, and the Rays going 9-8. I just think this I think this, this season is going to be the best division in football. they got all good quarterbacks, Justin Herbert, Patrick Holmes, Russell Wilson, Derek Carr. This is going to be a doghouse fight. It's going to be a doghouse. This is going to be a dogfight of a, a doghouse. This is going to be a dogfight of a division. Um, I think it's going to be one of the best divisions in football this coming season. Now, in the NFC, I got the Bucks winning their division going 14-3. I got the Saints going 10-7. I think people, a lot of people are sleeping on the Saints. Even though they do got James Winston as a quarterback, I just, I, this is a dark, a dark horse team. I got them going 10-7. I got the uh, Panthers finished up 5-12 and and the Falcons in last place going 4-13. and I got the Rams winning their division going 13-4. I got the uh, 49ers going 11-6. Other cards missing the playoffs going 8-9. and nine. I got the Seahawks, another team that's uh, just going to be awful this year, going 1-16. and um, Got the Packers going 13-4. I'm going to talk about what just happened to Alan Lazard. Uh, I got the Vikings going 10-7. I got the Lions going 6-11. I, I think a lot of people are sleeping on the Lions. I mean, like I said about the Jets, I don't think the Lions are going to be a team that's going to make the playoffs. But uh, I like what Dan Campbell's going, doing out in Detroit. Um, this team also proved during the offseason. I got them going 6-11. I got the Bears and Justin Fields going 5-12. and I'm going to sound biased here. I got the Eagles winning the division going 12-5. I got the uh, Cowboys going 11-6. I got the Washington at six and eleven. I got the Giants finished off in the last place at four and eleven. Um, yeah, so I just I I really think you no know, Lamar Jackson. This is his make a break. Obviously, make a break season. I, I think he's going to earn that contract. And he's going to lead the uh, Ravens to the playoffs if they can stay healthy. That's the biggest factor coming into the season if they can stay healthy. Um, but I. Just I see him leading this team into the playoffs and just putting him on his back, and he's going to earn that contract. And speaking about the uh, more quarterbacks, um, like I said, the uh, the Ravens are open up against the Jets. Uh, Jets uh, quarterback Zach Wilson will be out at least until week four. Joe Flacco was expected to start against his former team, so he was originally given to a tour a two to four week timeline after suffering a meniscus tear bone in the preseason against the Eagles. Um, so Robert Salaya said, I really don't want to talk about the situation anymore. The earliest he's going to be available is against Pickford Steelers in week four. Um, so Flacco will get his first start since week 11 last season against his former team. He spent 11 seasons with the Ravens and winning the Super Bowl in 2012. Uh, yeah. 
I mean, I got, I'm going to do my predictions uh, at some point in the podcast for week one. It's fortunate I didn't do it last week. Uh, so technically, I'm on technically Thursday's game. I can't do that because since it's already over. Um, but what a game on Thursday. I mean, it was 10 to 10 at halftime. Then all of a sudden, the, the Bills just came out of nowhere and just blew it open. And Josh Allen, and I said it a couple years ago, actually on this podcast, um, I said Josh Allen's going to be the best quarterback out of that draft. I know Lamar Jackson was in there, but just what Josh Allen has done in his career, it's just incredible. Um, he's put this this Bills team on his back the last three years, and just this team is built to win. And No, they should have been. I mean, I personally should have been in the Super Bowl last year. Uh, but they choked against the uh, Chiefs. I mean, that that was a great playoff game. But just this, what this team did to defending Super Bowl champions, uh, they mopped the floor with them. I mean, it was 10 to 10 at halftime. All of a sudden, they just blew it open, ended up winning 31 to 10. Um, I just, I, I like, you know, what is happening in Buffalo. You know, these fans deserve it. And I, I, I really hope that, you know, these fans finally see a Super Bowl with this team. You know, they went to four straight Super Bowls in the 90s, and they lost all four. And I just, this team is, this like I said, this team is built to win, and I think this is their year to finally get over that hump and win the Super Bowl. But it's a long season. It's only one game. Anything can happen. But just what they did to defending Super Bowl champions was was crazy. And uh, it's fortunate that no Ryan's on, on this podcast. John Lowe is a Patriots fan. Uh, they'll play against the Dolphins tomorrow. The Patriots actually uh, change their travel strategy for week one against the Dolphins. Um, so, uh, Patriots actually flew to Miami on uh, this past Tuesday. Due to the struggles on the road against the Dolphins, Patriots coach uh, Bill Belichick decided to change the team's travel plans this week. Normally, the Patriots would uh, have a road game. They leave on a Saturday for a Sunday game. For the opener, the Patriots will be leaving uh Tuesday for the Sunday game against the Dolphins, which remains, which means the team will uh, be getting a full five days in Miami before kickoff, which is smart because the Patriots are two and seven in the past nine trips to Miami. Um, they just they always struggle when they go to Miami. Always, or even when Tom Brady was there, they would struggle against the Dolphins, Miami. Um, Belichick was asked about the strategy over the weekend, and although he didn't get, uh, get into details about why he made a change, he definitely. Uh, Thought the uh, decision through. He said, I think it's a combination of factors. But in the end, it all looks like it's set up fairly uh, well here. Belichick said, we have a quote from the team. So make the travel on Tuesday instead of Saturday. We'll, uh, we're already down there. We'll be just to focus on the Dolphins. The reason why Belichick wants to get to Miami early is likely everything to do with, with getting his players adjusted to the heat and humidity, which makes sense. Patriots pass rusher Matthew Jordan said uh, this week that everyone knows the, par- uh, the problem with Miami is that there's no way to get around the heat and humidity. He says, "I uh, it's going to be hot. I think it's going to be a kind of mindset uh, thing. You really can't uh, do anything different, Judon said. It's going to be hot. It's going to be uh, humid. It's going to be muggy. Everyone's going to feel it. So just hydrate and uh, do as much as you can. But it's going to be hot Miami. Uh, playing Miami has been a total disaster for the Patriots in recent years. Since 2013, the Patriots have played a Hard Rock Stadium total of nine times. Like I said, they went 2-7. Uh, and seven. Um the most important loss came during week four, uh, 14, 2018 season uh, when the Dolphins came up with a miracle uh, play to beat the Patriots in the final uh, play. Um, the funny thing about this, I actually missed this play. Uh, the Patriots threw up, got up, walked away, did something else. I came back, and I saw the Dolphins celebrating. I'm like, what the hell happened? Um, 
I'm gonna play it right here. Tannehill will throw it, and this will end it after the shovel, or will it? Miami running around, circling, and look out! Gronkowski didn't have the angle! I think that's the biggest thing I had to pitch in that play was Gronk being the safety. I don't know why Bell checked put him out there to be a safety. I don't know why he's not on the field. Um, but actually, uh, breaking news coming in to take the lead. Dun-dun-dun. Dun-dun-dun. Uh, Raiders and tight end Darren Rawl agreed to extension. Um, the long-anticipated new deal between the Raiders and tight end Darren Rawl has been finalized. Uh, Waller is signing a three-year extension, which includes a 51 uh, 51 million in new money reports. Adam uh, reports ESPN. Adam Schefter, the Pro Bowler, has nine, uh, two years, nine, has two years remaining on his uh, on his uh, existing deal. But for months, had been considered a prime uh, extension candidate. He's set uh, to earn seven uh, million in non-guaranteed money this season and next, and will likely now have a considerable security in all he is tied to the Raiders for the next five years. Um, in total cost of six 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 point twenty five million. Uh, the new thirteen point five million uh, per overall agreement uh, will move Walker into sixth place in terms of uh, overall compensation at that position. The tight end market has already altered the season by David Njoku's deal with the Browns, uh, one which Waller expects to eclipse in value. His age thirty next uh, he, he should be thirty next week. His uh, injury history, on the other hand, representing potential. Uh, Dissentive on the Raiders' part. So, uh, Darren Waller staying in um, Las Vegas, and I ended up drafting him this season. I'm hoping, hoping, hoping he can stay healthy because when he's healthy, he's one of the best tight ends in the game. But back to the Patriots. Uh, I think it makes plenty of sense. It's smart that they know travel on Tuesday, um, know to get ready for that weather. Uh, they just they always struggle Miami. Always seem to struggle Miami. I mean, the record shows are two and seven in the last nine games. Um, but like I said, I got, I'm going to make my predictions for uh, week one. So speaking about Alan Lazard, I, th- uh, I believe I mentioned earlier. So Alan Lazard will be out uh, against the Vikings uh, in the season over with an ankle injury. So um, Lazard's a Packers' top uh, returning receiver after catching 40 passes for 513 yards and eight touchdowns last season. Just set a career high 
in all three categories. The Packers lost much of their firepower at wide receiver after they traded Devontae Adams to the Raiders. Uh, Packers offensive lineman David uh, Barkerlis and uh, Elgin Jenkins are listed as questionable at the uh, return from a torn um, interior carnage ligaments in their left knees. Um, so this is big. I mean, the uh, Packers wide receiving situation right now, I mean, anyone can be the number one that Devontae Adams is now gone. Uh, now, now with they just gra- drafted Christian Watson, um, they got I mean Sammy Watkins. I think that I mean Randall Cobb and Murray Rogers, who they drafted last year or a few years ago. I think the biggest one who this is going to work out for. I mean, if you guys haven't heard of his name, uh, Romeo uh, Dobes had a great preseason. If you guys do fantasy football, I highly suggest you guys go pick him up. Because I think at some point in this season, he's going to be the number one wide receiver. Um, now with Alan Lazard out, uh, Sam Watkins probably moves into the number one. Uh, so I, I definitely see you no know, Romeo uh, Dubs stepping up and getting a bunch of action tomorrow's game. Uh, but no, anyone, it, it, this just Packers wide receiving core is not that good. But then again, you got Aaron Rodgers. I know I have him going 13-4. But uh, no, like, like I said, I mean, Aaron Rodgers leading this team. You can't sleep on Aaron Rodgers. But this wide receiving just this wide receiving core in Green Bay is not good at all. Anyone can step up. Anyone can be the number one. Um, but like I said, uh, Romeo uh, Romeo uh, Dobbs is someone that you guys should definitely look out fantasy and go put a waiver claim on him. Go pick him up before someone else does because I definitely see him getting a lot of action this season. So speaking more about wide receivers, uh, Chris Godwin will not be wearing a knee brace. Uh, was not wearing a knee brace. At Buccaneers camp, uh, so his chance of playing Week One, he's improving those chances. Um, Tampa Bay has been monitoring Godwin's progress throughout the uh, preseason, waiting for the doctors to claim to play. Decision hasn't been made yet. Um, Todd Bowles said, uh, "They all know better uh, than I will, so uh, better safe than sorry." He said that last week. Uh, we never want to put him out there early before it's time, but at the same time, uh, if he's healthy, he's one hundred percent in. Uh, they have given me a full green light. Uh, you got to go. Um, so when Chris Godwin's healthy, he's you now Tom Brady's favorite target. Uh, he's averaged eighty-one point nine receiving yards per game since the start twenty nineteen season, which is fourth in the NFL. His fifty-three catches and twenty plus yards since the start of twenty nineteen season are third in the league. And his one thousand four hundred forty-three uh, yards after the catch is fourth in the NFL. Uh, one of the best slot receivers in the game, uh, Chris Godwin has 152 catches, 50 NFL, 2,082 yards, fourth, and 11 touchdowns tied for eighth uh, from the slot over the past three years despite missing nine games. So he finished with 98 catches for 1,103 yards and five touchdowns in just 14 games, his second 1,000-yard uh, receiving in three seasons. Godwin's seven receptions per game in 2021 was uh, the third highest in the NFL, while uh, his 78.8 receiving yards per game was seventh in the league. So uh, coming in tomorrow's game, they got uh, Mike Evans, who was one of the best receivers in this game, took along with Chris Godwin. Russell Gage are the top wide receivers until Godwin returns. So they can afford to uh, be patient this week. Uh, I mean, you can say Julio Jones, but Julio Jones, I don't think, has it anymore. Uh, the Buccaneers can uh, control, all, uh, control all four receivers out there, giving Tom Brady already his best collection of pass catchers since joining the Buccaneers. Um so, I mean, whenever, whenever he comes back, I mean, he's Tom Brady's favorite target. And I th- think when he comes back, this Buccaneers team is going to be forced to reckon with. 
But actually, the more I think about it, now, what is actually going on with Tom Brady? You know, he, back in August, he took a bunch of time off. And I think a lot has to do with um, the situation, maybe him and Giselle are getting divorced. And if that's on Tom Brady's mind, that could be a huge factor coming to the season for the Buccaneers if his mind's not going to be right. But um, he said, I got the Bucs win 14-3. And when Chris Godwin comes back, uh, he's going to make the Bucs even better. Um, I believe he tore his... I did tear his ACL in December of last year. To be able to put those numbers, uh, that numbers up in fourteen games is crazy. And I got uh, a CBS released an article: that NFL records that could be broken in twenty So Russ Wilson needs so it's uh here are forty four players and coaches that can break the NFL records. I don't know if I'm gonna read all of them. I'll probably read some of them. So Russ Wilson needs forty two touchdown passes to suppress Peyton Manning, three hundred thirty three for the most by a player in his first eleven season NFL history. Wilson has two hundred ninety two career touchdown passes. Um, I could see him possibly doing it. Uh, he's got a really good offense in uh Denver. Jerry Judy and a Cortland Stutland. Uh, and he's 13 wins to pass Tom Brady, 125 for the most wins, including the postseason by starting quarterback in his first 11 seasons. Wilson has 113, uh, won 113 starts since 2012. I could possibly see him beating that. Um, but then again, uh, it's Tom Brady. So uh, he needs 3,000 passing yards and 20 touchdowns to uh, pass to join Peyton Manning as the only player to reach those marks in each of the 11 seasons, which I could see him definitely doing. A week one over the Seattle Seahawks in week six or week 18 win over the Los Angeles Chargers will give Wilson uh, victories over all 32 teams, which would join Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, Brett Favre, the only quarterbacks in NFL history to uh, accomplish that feat. Patrick Holmes needs 4,500 uh, passing yards and 35 touchdowns to uh, become the fourth quarterback ever to uh, – the fourth quarterback with four career seasons is total of joining Tom Brady, five, Drew Brees, four, and Peyton Manning, four, which I could see him definitely doing. He's 35 passing touchdowns. To become the fifth quarterback ever. Uh, I already read that with an idiot. No, I didn't. They have it twice in a row. Uh, and he's 2,264 passing yards in his first 12 seasons to pass Matthew Stafford. 21,254 for the most passing yards ever by a player in his uh, first 75 career starts. Uh, Patrick Holmes has 18,191, which I think he'll do. And he's 22 touchdowns passes in his first 12 starts to pass Dan Marino. 173 for the, 173 for the most Ever by a player in his first signing five career starts. Mahomes has is at 151 career touchdown passes, which I think he'll still do, even though Tyreek is gone. Um, so Tom Brady needs at least 5,000 pass yards to join Drew Brees from 2011-2013 as the only player in NFL history to record 5,000 passing uh, 5,000 passing yards excessive seasons, and can join uh, Drew Brees five seasons. The only players with at least 5,000 passing yards in three different seasons. And he's at least 4,000 passing yards to tie Peyton Manning. 14 seasons for the most in uh, season in NFL history. Um, Lamar Jackson needs 827 rushing yards to become the fifth quarterback at least with 4,500 rushing uh, yards. Joining Michael Vick, 61,109. Cam Newton, 5,628. And Randall Cunningham, 4,928. And Russell Wilson, 
4,689. Jackson has 3,673 rushing yards. Great list to be part of. Uh, Josh Allen needs 4,000 passing yards, 35 touchdown passes to join Patrick Holmes, the only quarterback with at least 4,000 passing yards. Um, Justin Herbert is on there. Joe Burrow is on there. Aaron Rodgers, Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins, Kyler Murray. Um, no, I'm not reading all that. Uh, pretty much for the whole podcast. Uh, even though I gave my... Uh, no division uh, winner. CBS released their own. So CBS has the uh, Bills going thirteen and four. The Dolphins going nine and eight. Patriots seven ten. Like I said, the Jets five and twelve. Um, AFC North Ravens. They have the Ravens going twelve and five, winning the division. Bengals uh, go eleven six. Steelers eight and nine. Browns six eleven. They got the Browns winning six games. Uh, AFC South. They got the Colts ten and seven. The Titans, like I said, eight and nine. Jaguars six and eleven. And Texans five and twelve. AFC West. Pretty much same thing. Uh, they pretty much have what I got. Chargers twelve and five. Uh, Chiefs eleven and six. Broncos ten and seven. And the um, Raiders nine and eight. Um, NFC East they got the Eagles eleven and six. Uh, Cowboys ten and seven. Commanders six and eleven. Uh, Giants five and twelve. Uh, they got the Packers win the division at twelve and five. They got the Vikings like I said ten and seven. Lions six and eleven. The Bears at four and thirteen. Uh, NFC South, they got the Bucks 10 and 7, Saints 9 and 8, Panthers 7 and 10, Falcons 4 and 13. So, then the NFC West, they got the Rams 11 and 6, 49ers 10 and 7, Seahawks and Cards both going 6 and 11. So, let's see who's going to be right. Uh, CBS and I were pretty much close on our predictions. Um, then the NFC playoffs, they got the Packers number one, Rams number two, Eagles number three, Buccaneers four, uh, so, yeah, uh, Packers 1, Rams 2, Eagles 3, Bucks 4, Cowboys 5, uh, Cowboys 6, Vikings 7. And the wild card, they got the uh, 49ers beating the Rams. They got the Vikings beating the Eagles. They got the Buccaneers over the Cowboys. Divisional, they got the bu- uh, Backers over the 49ers. Packers over the Vikings. NFC Championship, they got the uh, Packers over the Buccaneers. In the FC playoffs, they got the uh, Bills at 1, Chargers at 2, Ravens at 4, Colts at 5, Chiefs at 6, Bengals at uh, char- uh, Bills at 1, Chargers at 2, Ravens at 3, Colts at 4. Uh, hold on, I gotta do this again, guys. Sorry, they got the Chargers at one, and the Bills at one. Chargers at two, Ravens at three, Colts at four, Chiefs at uh five, a uh, Bengals at six, and Broncos at seven. They got the Broncos over the Chargers in the wild card. The Bengals over the Ra- uh, Ravens, Chiefs over the Colts. Division they got the Broncos over the Bills, um, Chiefs over the Bengals in the AFC Championship game. They got the Broncos over the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. They got the uh. Broncos over the Packers, so CBS is high on the Broncos. So we should see what goes on, see who's close. And uh, last but not least, uh, Tom Brady uh, is uncertain uh, uncertain on the future beyond 22 seasons. He said you never know. Uh, Cowboys, so, uh, Cowboys star Michael Parsons joked Thursday that Tom Brady has been dominating the league this league too long, which is true. Looking forward to the day that the seven-time civil champion calls it quits. It turns out, uh, it's certainly one's guess as, uh, when that might be. So he was asked earlier this week, he said, I think it's, uh, I think we're all getting one day older at a time. So, you know, uh, we're all not sure whether, uh, we're going to be here next year or not. Brady told reporters, that's the reality of every player. Every coach, every uh, parent, uh, you never know. Uh, so uh, we should take advantage of the opportunity that we have. Uh, 
which is uh, one of the reasons which is in front of us right now. So uh, Brady, Tom Brady's 45, just turned 45 last month. He's coming off in uh, offseason and full headlines. Uh, coming up, uh, sorry, uh, so we just turned 45. He's coming off a season full of headlines of, uh, of uh, <clears throat> about his age. Uh, starting with his post-2020 retirement and an abrupt return to the Buccaneers after 40 days. Recently, the quarterback has been on the uh, subject of uh, a Tolbert's speculation regarding his home life after uh, like a, taking 11 days off from training camp. Uh, asks, how he, uh, asks how he juggles uh, such talk with uh, his career responsibilities. Brady downplayed the tension at the uh, Thursday's press conference. He said... Uh, it's like that for a long time for me, so I know uh, I try to do my best, he said, and try to be uh, professional. Show up every day and do my job the best uh, which I can. Um, Brady has uh, pointed out, has more uh, pointed uh, Albert Verge when he asked previous about his summer absence. He said, uh, everyone has different situations they're dealing with. We all have uh, unique challenges uh, to our lives. Brady to reporters after his long, his long preseason appearance. I'm 45-year-old man. There's a lot of shit going on, and you just uh, have to try to figure out uh, life the best you can. It's a continued process. So, you know, he said he wanted to play until 50, which I don't think he's going to do. But I think the big factor coming in here is, you know, what is going on with him and Giselle? Uh, they're getting a divorce. I mean, he took 11 days off. A lot of people think he's getting a divorce. And, you know, she said to him previous times, she said to him, it's either me or football. You no, know, he retires from football. And he's back 40 days later. And I think Giselle looks at that and she says, so you're choosing football again over me and the family. And I think that's what's going on in um, – in his household, I think him and Giselle are getting a divorce, and could that divorce actually play a factor into his season? I mean, I'm not married, not married yet, and uh, also I was saying I've been through a divorce, and I'm sure divorce is not obviously not an easy thing to go through, and uh, it's always on people's minds. And I, I mean, I'm sure it's going to could be a big factor in coming to a scheme. And could this, if they are getting divorced, let's say they are getting a divorce, could this divorce play a factor into his? play the season could throw him off um but no we're gonna have to see you know how it goes we're gonna have to see if that is the situation going with him giselle are they getting divorced you know is he going to tie up this season is this gonna be his last season uh, i personally think you no know, this season will be his i think this will be his last season but then against tom brady you never know i uh because i believe i have him going to the super bowl Let me pull up my notes. Yeah, so I got the Bronco. I got the Bucks over the Broncos. I'm another team, another person type on the Broncos. So, you know, we're gonna have to see. You know what? What is going to go on with the situation, with Tom Brady? You know what is happening? Is are they really getting a divorce or what's happening? Did he go back home, rethink his decision, and sit down with Giselle and said, "Look." This is it. I promise this is my final season. This is my last season. I want to go out and win one more Super Bowl. I want to go out and win one more championship. I want to go out there and you know, prove at 45 I'm still the best quarterback to ever do it. Um, you know, it's, I'm, I'm interested to see what's going to happen in this whole situation with Tom Brady. Anyways, enough rambling. I want to get to my picks. Um, first, we got the Patriots and Dolphins. Like I said, Patriots in 2-7 and seven in the last night just Miami. They did go there earlier. Uh, Demonte Adams actually um, returned back to uh, Miami. Um, 
assume me big. I mean, I, I, I mean, I gotta go with the Dolphins on this one. Just the fact that you know the Patriots are in two and seven Miami, they struggle Miami. So I was having trouble against Miami. Then we got the Eagles and Lions. Uh, Eagles actually wiped out the Detroit Lions last year, forty-four to six during that Week Eight game. Uh, the Eagles are currently uh, in the back of the uh, mindset of quarterback Jar Golf. Even uh, the Eagles, which is currently in the uh, back of the uh, team's mind, quarterback Jar Golf said in a statement, "We owe them one." Uh, the Lions offseason uh, saw them add key players on the offense, according uh, receiver G.J. Shark. Um, but this, I think this is a very different team for the Lions. Uh, this is the Lions' real test. Um, no, Jalen Hurts has completed 77% of his passes uh, in last season opener. Uh, he, he was 27-35 in a 32-6 win uh, over Atlanta. Um you know, that really has nothing to do with that. I don't know why I even read that. Uh, I mean, like I said, Lions are a team that, I mean, people should not sleep on, but I'm biased. I'm going with the Eagles. Next, we got the Browns versus the Panthers. Baker Mayfield looking to get his revenge. Um, I mean, I, I, so Carolina's a minus two for the spread. Uh, uh, I don't know. This is hard. This is really hard. Um, so, I mean, so Jacoby Brissett is going to be starting quarterback. He's 14-23 in his career as a starter. Uh, but he's looking for his third straight. Uh, but he's looking for to win his third straight uh, start of his uh, for this season. Uh, oh my god, I, I, I don't know. I mean, this is hard. I mean, I'm going to go with the Panthers in this one due to the fact that I don't know what's going on, uh, just the whole situation in Cleveland. Uh, next we got the Jaguars in Washington. Um, Doug Peterson is back in the NFL as a coach. Um, Doug Peterson is playing against his former quarterback, Carson Wentz. Um, you know, can Carson Wentz redeem himself from last season's Week 18 loss against the Jaguars? Uh, the Jaguars sacked the Jaguars sacked uh, Carson Wentz six times and intercepted him once in the 2021 finale when Wentz was playing for the Colts. Uh, oof. The Jaguars had 29 turnovers last season, tied for the second most in the NFL. They were outscored by 204 points, worse than the NFL, uh, and never scored more than 26 points in a game. Um, I'm gonna go with the uh, Washington this one. Um, next we got the Saints and uh, Falcons. Um, no Falcons, obviously. You no know, being rebuilt. Last couple of years are gonna continue to rebuild. I got the Saints in this one. Got the Steelers and Bengals. Um, Mitchell Mitchell Trubisky was named the starter for Week One. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Bengals in this one um, due to the fact that I just really don't think the Steelers are gonna be good this year. Ford Niners and Bears. Uh, obviously going to Fortnite in this one. I don't know how good Chicago's going to be this year. Ravens and Jets. Do with the fact that, uh, no Joe Flacco starting and Zach Wilson not playing, obviously. Um, like I said early in the podcast, uh, I think, uh, Lamar Jackson is going to go out there and he's going to ball it this season. I think the Ravens are going to come to this game tomorrow and absolutely wipe the floor with the, uh, the Jets, even though I did say that, uh, team, uh, people, the Jets were a team people shouldn't sleep on. Uh, Colts and Texans, obviously, got to go with the Colts in this one. 
Just uh, the Texans are not going to be good this year. Um, they're also going to be a punching bag for teams this season. Chiefs and Cardinals. Uh, this is going to be a tough one. Um, uh, no, how is Kyle Murray going to play after uh, the situation happened over the summer? Um, I'm probably going to go with the Chiefs in this one. Then we got the Packers and Vikings. Uh, I'm actually with the Vikings in this one. Due to the situation with the uh, Packers really not having any wide receivers with Alan Lazard being out. So I'm going to go with the Vikings in this one. Rays and Chargers. This is going to be a good game. I was going back and forth between both these games, uh, both these two teams. Um, I'm actually probably going to lean towards the Chargers running in this game. We've got the Giants versus the Titans. I'm going to the Titans in this one. we got the Bucks versus the Cowboys. Um, Sunday night game. Uh, no, Tom Brady, uh, Tom Brady will become the first quarterback to start a game at 45 years old. And he does not have leading mark. Uh, he does not, and he does so after leading the NFL in passing uh, yards, 5,316 in passing touchdowns for the last season. So he's, I mean, 45 years only, still putting numbers up like that. Uh, he is 6-0 versus the Cowboys, so the Cowboys never beat him. So this is a primetime game for the Cowboys to finally go and beat Tom Brady for the first time in his career. Um, no team played more than the Cowboys no team played more than uh, coverage, man coverage in the Cowboys last season at 62%. Uh, Cowboys, uh, Dallas re uh, returned seven of its top nine offensive linemen. Um, uh, so Dallas returned seven of its top nine defensive backs by snaps played last season. Last season, week one meeting, it allowed uh, Tom Brady to throw four touch uh, TD passes man coverage. Um, uh, so this is tough, I mean. Even though Chris Godwin's not playing this game, I'm still going with the Buccaneers. Then the Monday night game, Broncos versus Seahawks. Another uh, quarterback playing against his former team. Um, I mean, I just I just got to go with the Broncos this one. The Broncos got a great defense. They got a good, obviously got a good quarterback. They got two good wide receivers. And I mean, you just look at Seattle. Seattle's a team that's another team that's going to be a punching back for people. You got Geno Smith, who is still, I'm surprised, is still in the league. I mean, that's their starting quarterback. Um... Now, with Russell Wilson always not being there in Seattle, uh, it's not going to be a good season for the Seahawks. I see Russell Wilson going into Seattle on Monday and having a good game and uh, blowing out the Seahawks. I got the um, Seahawks winning this game. I mean, the Broncos winning this game. Jump with some baseball news. Uh, the Red Sox, or some Red Sox news. They in King, uh, Kike Hernandez uh, to a one-year extension worth uh, ten million. Um, the ten million, uh, the deals were ten million. Source told Jeppesan, uh, ESPN Jeppesan, it's a straight extension. Doesn't obtain any uh, option next year. Uh, Hernandez was scheduled to hit. Uh, Hernandez was scheduled to hit free agency this summer. Hip injuries this uh, this season. I have limited the 31-year-old to 67 games at the time the article came out, uh, during which he's slashed 222, 359, 646 with six home runs and 37 runs batted in. Um, so since this article came out five days ago, and I, I, I don't know what his stats are now, but um, since, that, uh, since the deal happened,
So since coming off the DL, uh, I, I, this was from September 6th. So uh, this was a tweet I liked um, on Twitter. Uh, since coming off the DL, he was hitting he's, uh, 15 for 59. So that's an average of 254. Three doubles, two home runs, 13 runs batted in. Um, he's a strong defensive and center field. He, uh, so when he's healthy, he's every bit of the player they need. And 10 million is part right deal for him. Um, I mean, I, I like Kike Hernandez. I'm happy they signed him. Uh, good insurance um, for the Red Sox for next season. And if uh, I know Red Sox next at this time next at uh, the trade deadline next year or you know out of it, let's say you know 15 games out, which they're probably going to be, I could see the Red Sox possibly trading him. Um, which I mean, they're obviously not going to get a lot. So prior, so he joined the Red Sox prior to 2020 campaign after six years with the Dodgers. Hernandez' debut with the Boston was the most productive of his career. He racked up a 4.9 WAR in the regular season before hitting five home runs during the postseason run to the ALCS. So at the time, of article the Red Sox were 67, 69 giggity. The Red Sox uh, face a very tough off season with uh, Alexander Bogarts. He's expected out to have his contract, and Rafael Devers is ex- uh, is as before contract extension. So we got to see what the Red Sox do this off season. Like I said previous times, I just don't see him bringing back Alexander Bogarts. But I'm happy they brought back Kike Hernandez. Um, so since coming back from the uh, IL, he's really put up good numbers. So the MLB is changing up again, which um, and I just I really don't get what they're what they're doing to this game. I know baseball used to be one of my favorite sports, but I, I just can't watch it. So their MLB was pitch clock and uh, they shift the ban for the twenty twenty three season. There's, what I feel about the ban, the, the, the you know the, about the uh, shift ban, they shouldn't get rid of it. You no, know, learn to beat the shift. Learn to beat it. Study. Learn to beat the ship. Don't get rid of it. Um, MLB's uh, competitive committee improved several changes for the 2023 season. And they vote Friday, including pitch clock, defensive ship bands, and uh, larger bases, which is stupid. So uh, a statement on the uh, competition commo- uh, commi- committee vote. Uh, player Players live for the uh Players live the game day in and day out. On the field, rules and regulations impact uh, the preparation, performances, and the ultimate integrity of the uh, game itself. Players, uh, player, my God, I can't read. Players, leaders from across the league were engaged in on-field rule navigations throughout the competitive committee, and they provided specific and uh, accountable feedback. And the uh, changes proposed by the commissioner's office in Major League Baseball was unwilling to meaningful address the uh, areas of the concern that players ranted, uh, raised. As a result, players in the committee, uh, competition committee voted mostly against the uh, implementation of the rules covering defensive shifts and the uh, use of a uh, pitch timer, which I got to agree with this. Um, it's just, it's so stupid. Uh, the changes have been uh, recommended by 11-person committee, which was uh, formed earlier this season as part of the new collective bargaining agreements. The uh, committee uh, consists of six members appointed by MLB, four members of the player situation. Um, so defensive ships are going to be uh, severely uh, uh, restricted uh, starting next year. All teams will have the minimum of four players, uh, excluding the pitcher and catcher, both on their feet uh, on the infield dirt, while two of the uh, 
Infielders must be positioned to either side of the second base. Infielders will be uh, designated by team by playing on either side, left or right side of the field. Can't switch sides unless there's a substitution. I mean, they're, they're absolutely ruining this game. Finally, the league will increase the size of the base from 15 square inches to 18 with home plate RC uncharged. Many of the uh, changes of the MLB's uh, plans to push and improve the pace of play and the speed up of games. Um, you know, base, baseball used to be so fun to watch. It really has. And uh, so where I live in uh, New England, we have a uh, radio station called 95 The Sports Hub. And I you know I agree with what they were saying. You know, one of the guys yesterday was saying baseball was so fun to watch. It was fun to watch. Now it's, it's unwatchable. You know, he was saying that, you no know, home runs didn't happen a lot back in the day. You know, you barely ever saw home runs. And now all the game is home runs. It's always home runs. You know, home runs just be exciting. But now you're watching a game. You're going to say, oh, this guy's going to hit a home run. And he's going to hit a home run. It's just it's just a different game. And I just I just can't watch baseball much anymore. The only time I really watch it is I'm going to sound biased and sound like a fair weather fan is playoff time. And when the Red Sox make the playoffs, I'll watch it. But you know, I'll try to watch regular season games. But it's just it's just unbearable to watch. It's just the game is getting awful. All the changes they're doing, you know, pitch clocks, shift bands, making the bases larger. And just they're ruining this game. And uh, Red Sox reliever, um, Uh, Red Sox with Matt Stratum isn't a fan of the uh, rule changes coming to baseball next year. He made his feelings known during an interview with WEI's The Bradford Show on Friday, ripping into the uh, commissioner's office for not properly uh, consulting with players about the uh, post-hangers. He says they didn't have a poor job at getting the clubhouse option or at least listening to it. They did send people around and it was very well voiced that the rule down AAA is not the rule they needs to be here in the big leagues, which and I, I agree with them. The pitch, uh, the pitch clock guys were open to with it, some uh, alterations, alterations, but they didn't, they didn't even take into uh, account that they just, uh, they did, they just did what they wanted, uh, kind of like they've been doing for the last uh, eight to ten years. The change announced Friday are taking effect next season. Were designed to address, like I said, the pace of play. Um, It's just uh, it's just frustrating because I would be willing to bet seventy five to eight percent of the players are willing to talk pitch clock or have a pitch clock, but the fact that they didn't listen to any input of us players on how to affect the pitch clock, he said, and they've just kind of rolled with what they uh, had down at AAA, and said here it is, uh, we're going to go with it. It's kind of frustrating, but it's kind of lack track record um, to just do what they uh, want and uh, disregard the players' input. You know, I just. No, I, I I agree with him. No, he said it just seems uh it just seems a real pity. I don't know what they're trying to do with this game. Uh, Stratum said, uh, this game has been around for hundreds of years, and people have loved this game for so long. Now it's uh now to sit here and change with all these little uh, nitpicking things is frustrating. He said, my whole t uh, my whole take from this thing it is a joke from uh the way it's going. Uh, they're doing a pretty good job of killing a sport, which you no, know, I agree with them. You no, know, they're absolutely killing the game of baseball. I mean, there's so many people you can ask who love the game of baseball, and they're going to agree with what I said. It's so unbearable to watch. It's not fun to watch anymore. They're ruining the game with all these rules. The pitch clocks, getting rid of the, uh, you no, know, bringing in the designated hitter in the National League. 
I used to love watching the pitcher hit because there were times the pitcher hit a home run. I think it's awesome, you know, when pitchers hit home runs. Now they get rid of that. They're just they're changing the game. And I think it's stupid what they're doing with the. I'm. I mean, I know they're trying to make the game fast because there is people who say baseball is boring. It takes too long, but. They're just ruining the game with all these rule changes, and it's really, really unfortunate what they're doing. And uh, Mets placed Max Scherzer on the 15-day list, 15-day uh, injured list, aimed tight, aimed the tight and the least battle with the Braves. Um, so uh, Joel. Uh, Luckin put, I think that's how he was named. Since June first, the Mets are seventeen games or five hundred and have a fourth, the fourth best record in the NL, and, and uh, have lost ten point five, ten half games in the uh, San to the Braves. Um, the two teams will play the final head-to-head -head series of regular season starting September third in Atlanta. Um, Sergio has uh, excelled in his first season with the Queens in 127-2-3 innings across 20 starts. He has pitched to a 2.26 ERA with 153 strikeouts against 23 walks. So I actually want to see what their uh, record is. I think I, I should think the Braves actually pulled in first place yesterday, last night. Yeah, so uh, Braves are 87-51, but the Mets are 87-52, so only a game out. So the NL East, uh, these two teams are going to be battling. I mean, the Phillies are 11 games behind at 76-62, so I highly doubt that they'll be in it. And we're going to end this with some basketball. Uh, last week I talked about how the Celtics, uh, I went an article that said the Celtics should go after Carl Anthony. A report came out that said the Boston Celtics have no interest in Carl Anthony. Um, so Brian, I rob of Mass Live, answered the questions on a variety of topics and explained why Anthony is not desired by the Celtics roster. The Carl Anthony buzz was a hot topic uh, this week after the rumors started showing that the Celtics interest about the Celtics interest in last week. Uh, Rob wrote, however, multiple uh, league sources tell Mass Live that the Celtics are not inspected to have interest in bringing the veteran for signing uh, for signing ahead of training camp. That's not to say the team is not done shaping up the roster ahead of the preseason, but Anthony isn't a priority at this point at names that could be brought in. Anthony, uh, Boston likes a lot of their internal replacements options. Uh, from what I've heard, I want to give those names uh, the first crack at minutes. So, like I said, he's 38 years old. I played the Lakers last season. Anthony delivered uh, modest numbers last season, finished with an average of 13.3 points, which, you know, bring him off the bench, averaging 13.3 points could be good, but who knows what average this season. 14.4.2 uh, rebounds. Um, and like I said last week, I, I would take him at the same time. You know, he is old, um, but. There's one player that I really, really want the Celtics to sign that he ended up signing with the uh, 
76ers. Uh, Marcellus Harrell signed a two-year deal worth $5.2 million contract with the Sixers, according to Adrian Ronowski. Sources told Adrian Ronowski. Sixers uh, bench boss Doc Rivers coached Harrell and the uh, Clippers were the big man won six million of the year in 1920-1920 season, averaging 18.6 points and 7.7 rebounds, 7.1 rebounds off the bench. Philadelphia ranked 28th in bench scoring last season, just being Chicago Bulls and the Toronto Raptors. Uh, Harrell split time between the Washington Wizards and Charlotte Hornets. Uh, lasting averaging 13.1 points and 6.1 rebounds while shooting 64.5% from the field, field in 71 contests. Uh, the Sixers uh, haven't found a consistent backup to a franchise cornerstone, Jalen Bead. Second between uh, Andre Jumman and Dwight Howard and DeAndre Jordan. Um, so, this is the player I really want the Celtics to um, no sign. No, I think Marshall Howard, Mar- Marshall Howard is a perfect fit his Sixers. This is the type of guy you want to come off your bench. He has he has so much you know, fire in him. He's a great player. I love him. I love his game. I, I love his game. And I really was hoping the Celtics. The Celtics need this type of guy to come off the bench to fire the team up. And Marcus Harrell is that type of guy that can do that for the 76ers. Um, I, just, I, just, I really, really, I mean, I've always, I've always wanted him on the Celtics since he came to the I want the Celtics to draft him when he was, uh, the uh, year he was drafted. Um, but for the Celtics did not know sign him. I mean, I'm sure they didn't sign him due to the fact you no, know, he was re- arrested back in May, uh, due for little marijuana. And last but not least, Patrick Beverly refuses to bow to LeBron James and Anthony Davis, saying, "I made the playoffs last season; they didn't." I mean, we all saw you know what Patrick Beverly did when the Timberwolves made the season, taking his jersey off, throwing in his crowd, pounding his chest. A little too far, buddy. Um, he says, uh, they're going to be playing with me, Beverly said, uh, recently equipped. Uh, I made the playoffs last year. They didn't. He said, you're playing with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Uh, so someone said, be playing with uh, LeBron James and Anthony Davis. He said, they're going to be playing with me. I made the playoffs last year. They didn't. Um, I just, I, this guy is something else. I mean. Need something else. He said, I played with Miami with LeBron, and they caught me perfectly set in 2019. As a member of the Clippers, I got trapped by the Lakers. They traded me to Miami. LeBron got there, and they cut me. I did not know that, actually. That's something I just learned. I remember like it was yesterday, so yeah, it's a chip on my shoulder. Bradley said James is like a brother to him, so the partnership shouldn't be a problem in Los Angeles. Uh, there's not only... there's. They, that said, it's probably only a matter of time before uh, Bradley takes a media shot at Westbrook. So it's going to be fun in Miami. No, this guy's coming in there and uh, no, this Alex and Pat Beverly is coming out and saying this about LeBron James and Anthony Davis, the rivalry between him and Russell Westbrook. You know what he said about his time in Miami that they cut him. Uh, could this guy actually come in and destroy the Lakers locker room? Could this guy come in and break apart this Lakers core? You no, know, this team almost missed the playoffs last year. Now you're bringing Pat Beverly, who's has the biggest mouth in the NBA, but. I mean, this, this is going to be interesting in L.A. I cannot wait to see what goes down in L.A. Is this guy going to absolutely destroy this Lakers locker room? Um, it's going to be fun to see what happens in L.A. this year. But uh, that's the end of the podcast, guys. I really appreciate you guys for listening. If you guys made it this far, I appreciate each and every single one of you. Thank, thank you for always listening. I love you guys. Enjoy football tomorrow. Eat all the junk food. It's football season. I'm excited. Let's go, Eagles. Super Bowl champions. And take care and spike your hair.
Woo, woo, woo. You know it.